Would you stand with me this morning one more time as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Amen. Hey, today we're looking in the book of St. Luke chapter number 11. Luke chapter number 11. And uh, we're going to read verses 5 through 10. Jesus said to them, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves. Who needs a friend like that, right? It's midnight. For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. He will answer him from within and say, Do not trouble me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. Jesus said, I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend. I mean, friendship only goes so far, right? I mean, if you're my friend, what are you doing knocking on my door at midnight, right? Come on now, right? Jesus said, I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, his what? But because he won't go away. Because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. Of course he will. He don't want him coming back, right? Right? Amen. Hey, the title of my message today is A Little Extra. Father, I thank you once again for your infallible, your life-altering and life-changing word. God, I pray one more time, the anointing of the Holy Spirit will come and rest upon your servant today. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will touch the heart of your people through your word this morning. Father, give me words that I've not even planned to say. They're not even in the notes. They're not even a part of the message today, but through the Holy Spirit, give me those words today. Lord, I pray that we will not just hear your word and go out unchanged, but I pray we will take the word that we received today Put it into action in every part of our life. All for the glory of God, we ask all of these things. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. Well, you can be reseated this morning. My wife calls me the extra man. The extra man. I, I want extra ice in my glass. I want extra lemons with my tea. I like extra gravy on my biscuits. In fact, if I ever drown, I hope it's in gravy. <laughs> I want extra jelly on my toast. I order extra salsa with my Mexican food, and I want my coffee extra hot. And put extra tomatoes on my burger, please. You see, for me, things just seem to be better with a little extra. Well, we've already said it. Today is the last day of the year 2017. Tomorrow, we are going to embark on a brand new year. Now, there's absolutely nothing that we can do to change the reality of this past year. It's already in the books, all of it, the good, the bad, and the ugly. There is, however, something that we can do about the results of this coming year. See, the decisions that we make today will drastically alter the results of our tomorrows. As I was contemplating this coming new year, I was captivated by one simple thought. 
This one little simple thought came to me, and I was literally captivated by it. And that is, I wonder what could happen for us individually. And I wonder what could happen for us as a church family. I wonder what could happen to us if all of us gave just a little extra in the coming year. I'm not talking about double. I'm not talking about tripling everything that you do now. I'm not talking about drastic measures. I'm, I'm saying, what if, just, what if we just stepped up our game just a little? See, the truth of the matter is, a lot could change for us if we simply stepped up our game just a little. My challenge for all of us this coming year is give a little extra. I want to suggest three areas that we could give a little extra in in the coming year. And the first one is a little extra effort. A little extra effort. Somebody said triumph is just a little umph added to try. Did you know that ball games are often won not by the best team, but by the team who gave a little extra effort? Positions, positions are often awarded not to the most gifted, not to the most talented, not to the most educated, but to the one who gave the most effort. In Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, the story is recorded of Jesus healing the paralyzed man. You know the story well. A man was paralyzed and the Bible said that four men carried this paralyzed man on a stretcher uh, to a house where Jesus was ministering. These four men were they were going to get their paralyzed friend into where Jesus was and, and they knew that if they could only get their friend in the presence of Jesus that Jesus would heal their friend. The Bible says that when they got him to the house where Jesus was, the, the house was packed with people. You couldn't even get in the door. They had already carried him. We don't know. The Bible doesn't say. Perhaps it was a long way. Perhaps it was a short way. I'm sure it was some distance. They had already carried him uh, for a while, and no doubt they were tired. No doubt they were weary. No doubt they were exhausted, and surely they had done enough. They had good intentions. They loaded their friend up on 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 the stretcher. They took him to where Jesus was. They couldn't get him in the house. Surely they've done enough. But no, they, they carried him up onto the top of the roof of the house. The Bible says they took, up, took off some of the roof. They tied ropes on all four corners of the stretcher and they lowered him down into the presence of Jesus. And the Bible says that when they got him into the presence of Jesus, Jesus healed this man. I would say that a little extra effort made the difference in this man receiving his miracle. Without a little bit extra effort on the part of his four friends, the man would have remained paralyzed. But because of a little more effort, a little extra effort on the part of these four men, it turned into a miracle for their friend. Let me make two statements here. The first one is this. A little extra effort will get you into some places you wouldn't get into otherwise. A little extra effort will get you into some places that you just would not get into otherwise. It happened for the four men in Mark chapter 2. 
Again, it would have been easy for them to say, hey, hey, we did our best. Hey, we tried. We did what we could do, but instead, no, instead they tried harder. Instead of quitting or pouting or throwing in the towel, they decided to give a little extra effort. And because they were willing to give just a little extra effort, their effort, their extra effort got them into a place that they would not have gotten into otherwise. Maybe this describes you today. Maybe you're here today and you have knocked and you have knocked and you have knocked on a certain door trying, trying to get access into a certain place but that place continues to be off limits to you. The door remains shut for you. What are you going to do this morning? Are you going to stop knocking on the door? Are you going to give up? Are you going to throw in the towel? Why not give just a little extra effort? Why not knock on the door one more time. Jesus said, and I love the way the Amplified renders it, Jesus said in Matthew 7, verse 7 and 8, those who knock and keep on knocking, to them the door will be open unto them. A little extra effort will get you into some places you wouldn't get into otherwise. And the second thing I want to say here is that, it, and that is a little extra effort will get you into the presence of some people you wouldn't get into otherwise. Not only will a little extra effort give you access into some places that you wouldn't get into otherwise, it'll get you access into the lives of some people you wouldn't get access to otherwise. Such was the case with the paralyzed man and his four friends in, in Mark chapter 2 and uh, w without the extra effort that these four friends put in without their extra effort this man would have never come face to face with Jesus he would have never been in the presence of the Lord but because of their extra effort it gave them access into a person they wouldn't otherwise have access to let's take a, a quick look back at at uh, a portion of our text that we read a moment ago, Luke chapter 11, verse 5 through 8. Again, Jesus said, Which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come on his journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer him within and say, Do not trouble me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will arise and give him as many as he, as he needs. Because this, because this one was willing to put a little extra effort in it, because of that, he would gain access to this person that otherwise he would not have access to. See, what we need to understand is the key to our success is often held in another man's hand. I'm going to say that again this morning. The key to our success is often held in the hand of another person. I look back at several places that I've been in my life, and it was a person that got me to that place. I, I say it often, but it's just, it just fits here. I'm standing here today because of a relationship with a certain person. Without the relationship of that certain person, I wouldn't even have ever heard about this church. I wouldn't know any, known anything about it. But because I had a relationship with that person, 
And that person knew me and the person knew my, my abilities and the, knew my giftings and knew the needs of this church. He put two and two together, and here we are today, almost 15 years later. Write this down this morning. We should never underestimate the value of certain people. Never underestimate the value of certain people. See, people hold the key that will unlock the door of opportunity for us. Write this down this morning. People represent favor. People represent favor. And write this down. You just write everything down this morning. Amen. (laughs) Favor is one of the most valuable, intangible assets there is. I'm going to say it again so you can write it down. Favor is one of the most valuable, intangible assets there is. Favor will unlock doors that no other key will unlock. Write this down. (laughs) Somebody said a moment of favor is more valuable than a lifetime of labor. A moment of favor is more valuable than a lifetime of labor. So a little extra effort will get you into the presence of some people that you would not get into otherwise. And once you get into their presence, doors began to start opening for you. Doors that have been shut for you in the past are now becoming open for you now. And things start happening to you. Oh, that have never happened to you before, but they are starting to happen to you now because of a certain person, because you have gained access to that person. I wonder what could happen for us if we just if we if we gave just a little extra effort in this coming year all oh, than we did in the past year. My challenge for this coming year is give a little extra. Give a little extra. Not only am I challenging us to give a little extra effort, but let me also challenge us number 2, give a little extra grace. A little extra grace. Several years ago, I heard the Lord say to me, call your church the grace place. Call your church the grace place. Did you know we live in the dispensation of grace? Some of you don't know it because you sure don't act like it. We live in the dispensation of grace. God's, God's, not mine, Not this church, God's main focus for this particular period of time in history is grace. God has focused on several different things down through the generations of time and past history. But for this particular time in the history of the world, God's main focus today is grace. This is the dispensation of grace. Let's talk a little bit about grace for, for a moment or two today. First of all, let's talk about the grace we get. The grace we get. First of all, and first of all, we get saving grace. How many are thankful for saving grace? Saving grace. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 8, I quote it almost every Sunday morning, for by grace are you saved through faith. 
Two requirements for salvation. You hear me say it every Sunday. Two requirements for salvation. The first requirement is God's grace. For by grace are you saved. How do we get saved? Do we get saved by pulling ourselves up by our own bootstraps? Do we get saved by dotting all the I's and crossing all the T's? Do we get saved because we deserve to be saved and because, because we do everything right and we never make any mistakes and we never sin and we never fall? Does that save us? How do we get saved? For by grace are you saved. Pastor, what is grace? Well, grace is unmerited favor. Grace is God doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Grace is God's gift of salvation. It goes on to say in Ephesians 2, it's the gift of God. Salvation is a gift. Amen? talking about the grace we get, saving grace. Two requirements for our salvation. Number one, God's grace, but God's grace alone won't save us. It also takes our faith. For by grace are you saved, but don't stop there. The next two words say, through faith. How do you get saved? You get saved by putting your faith in God's grace. Saving grace, but we're talking about the grace we get, but not only do we get saving grace, we also get sustaining grace. Not just saving grace, but sustaining grace. Let's look in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and let's start reading with verse number 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 7. Paul writes, and he said, unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, he said, a thorn in the flesh was given to me. Now, everybody wants to say, what in the world is that thorn in the flesh? And you know, and books have been written about it, and everybody's got their speculations. And why do you have to write a book, and why do you have to look anything up in the original? And how do, why, why don't you just read the text? Pastor, you know what the thorn in the flesh? Absolutely, I am so deep. I am so, I am so steeped and deep in the word. No, but I know how to read. It tells me what the thorn in the flesh is right there. A thorn in the flesh was given to me, and then he tells us what it is. A messenger of Satan to buffet me. What was Paul's thorn in the flesh? Was his bad eyes? Well, that was a part of it. But it was, it was the enemy. It was, it, was, it was the enemy that was allowed to harass him. Lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. That's not buffet, it's buffet. Lest I should be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. Lord, would you get this harassing spirit away? He's not demon possessed, but the demons are allowed to harass him. Lord, they are harassing me. They're on my case. They're following me everywhere I go, and they're causing me all kinds of havoc. God, could you just send them away, send them out of my life? I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. You know, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a segment of people that believe that God says yes to every prayer. Well, he didn't say yes to Paul's prayer. 
He said, I prayed three times. I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. But what did God say? God said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. God said, I'm not going to remove this thorn. I'm not going to take this out of your life, but I'm going to sustain you. I'm going to give you the grace whereby you will be able to overcome. I'm going to give you the grace whereby you will be able to withstand. I'm going to give you the grace whereby you will be able to endure. I'm just glad for sustaining grace today. Talking about the grace we get, we get saving grace and we get sustaining grace. Well, that's the grace we get, but let's talk a moment about the grace we give. Oh, you like the other better, right? Let's talk about the grace we give. You see, because we have been given grace, we should then be givers of grace. How many of you want grace? Oh, you don't? How many of you want grace? How many of you need grace? How many of you don't have a Chinaman's chance without it? Because we have been given grace, we should then be givers of grace. Let me suggest two things right here. Our words should be graceful. Our words should be graceful. Now, I could get out of, out of the spirit and into the flesh real easy here, so please pray for me. Because if there's one thing that absolutely drives this pastor crazy, it's the mouths of Christians. Our words should be graceful. Colossians 4 and 6 says, Let your conversation be always, be when? Always full of grace. Full of what? Sarcasm? Criticism? What? Let your conversation be always full of grace. And I'm using the word we, okay? So if you throw something at me, it's okay. I'm, I'm saying we. Why do we talk so harshly and so rudely and so ungracefully? Why, why are we so judgmental and think it our job to straighten everybody out? <laughs> Who made us president of the universe? Amen. Hey, this is my nice version, okay? <laughs> Seriously, I, I'm not trying to be ugly today. I'm not... It grieves my heart. It grieves my spirit. And if it grieves me, a bulldog, how much more does it grieve the Holy Spirit? I ask you this morning, where is the kindness? Where is the love? And where is the understanding? Listen to me, listen to me. That is a byproduct of walking in the Spirit. When we are harsh, when we are ugly, when we are unkind, when we are judgmental, when we are critical, it lets us know we have not been walking in the Spirit. Because when we are walking in the Spirit, we are producing the fruit of the Spirit. Where is the kindness, the love, the understanding that is a byproduct of walking in the Spirit and is a byproduct of spending quiet time in the presence of Jesus? Amen. 
Let me just challenge all of us today to give a little extra grace in this coming year. Make it your goal. Make it your heart's desire to be a more graceful person. You know, I get around somebody like a Pastor Houston. I could name a couple others, but that's the one that comes to my mind. I think, oh, God. Oh, God, to have that kind of grace. To have that kind of gentle, sweet spirit. Let me challenge all of us to give a little extra grace in this coming year. Let's be nicer. Let's be sweeter. Let's be softer in our spirit. Let's give people a break. Amen. Let's give people the benefit of the doubt. And by all means, let's stop seeing some type of conspiracy in every move. Oh, that wearies me. Our words should be graceful, and our walk should be graceful. Our walk should be graceful. Matthew chapter 10 and verse number 8, Jesus said, freely you have received, so freely give. Jesus said, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. We should treat others with the very same grace that we want to receive, and all of us want to receive grace, and when we need it, we all scream for it. Tell you whether you're going to get it or not is based whether or not you give it. My challenge for all of us for this coming year is to give a little extra. Because just a little extra can make the difference between success and failure. Just a little extra can take us to a whole new level. Listen, a little extra can make a lot of difference. All right, we've talked a little bit about a little extra effort. We've talked about a little extra grace. And the third thing, and finally this morning, a little extra faith. A little extra faith. In Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 10, the disciples, who were most of them professional fishermen by trade, the Bible said that they had fished all night long and they had not even had one little bitty fish on the stringer. Not one fish for an all night casting nets. The Bible says Jesus shows up and he gets in their boat and he tells them to cast their nets one more time. Can you imagine what they must be thinking? Well, I can imagine what Peter must be thinking. Jesus, you're a carpenter and you're a preacher. Stick to that. You're really good at what you do, Jesus, but just do that. Leave this to us. We're professional. We know what we're doing. We've done everything right. Jesus says, cast your nets one more time. Jesus was saying, do you have just a little extra faith? The disciples were tired. They'd fished all night long. That's, you know, that's not like sitting on the side of a bank with a cane pole in your hand, you know, leisurely. I mean, these guys are out there in the boat. They're out there. They're, 
they're fishing, they're working, man, they're casting those nets. Those nets were heavy when they came up with that water, you know, it, it took strong men to do it. They're tired. They're tired. They're, they're, they're disgusted. I mean, who wants to work all night long and not get anything for it? They're, they're, they're angry. They're disgusted. They're tired. Uh, all they really want to do is just go home and get some sleep. And the Bible said they had already washed their nets. I mean, they've already put up the tools. They've already washed the nets and put them away. But somehow these weary disciples dug down deep and, and found a little extra faith. And a little extra faith, listen, listen, listen to me. A little extra faith will do two things. Number one, a little extra faith will cause you to look beyond the negatives. A little extra faith will cause you to look beyond the negatives. Luke chapter 5, verse 5. The Bible says, Simon answered, Master, we have worked hard all night long. And Master, we haven't caught a thing. But notice this next phrase. Notice it. I love it in the NIV. Notice this next phrase. But because you say so. Simon said, Lord, we have, we have worked all night long. We haven't caught anything. Oh, oh, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. Notice, notice, not, not because I feel like it, not because it makes any sense, not because there is any sign of fish. None of those things. No, no, no. No, but Jesus, because you say so. Just because you say so. I'm going to throw the net one more time. Because you say so, I can muster up a little extra faith. I can find a little more faith. I can believe, Lord, just because you say say so. Oh, oh, wow. I wonder, I wonder what would happen in our lives. I wonder what would happen in our church. I wonder what would happen if we did everything we do simply because he said so. He said so. Why do I tie? Because he said so. Why do I go to church? Because he said so. Why do I pray? Because he said so. Why do I witness? Because he said so. Amen. Why am I trying to be sweet in my heart and my spirit? Because he said so. I don't always feel like it. I don't always want to do it. It don't always make sense. But Lord, I know you and I love you. And Lord, because you said so, I'm going to do what you said. Lord, this is what you said. I'm not going to do it for any other reason. And I won't do it for any other reason. But I will do it for one reason and one reason alone. And that is because you said so. Some of you won't do anything I say. And if I say it, you'll do the opposite just because I said it. And I know it. I figured it out. I've been here 15 years. I'm asking you this morning, don't do it because I said so. Amen. Do it because he said so. Mm. A little extra faith will cause you to look beyond the negatives. And just do it because he said so. And because a little extra faith will cause you to look beyond the negatives. Number two, a little extra faith can turn your lack into a lot. We'll say it again. A little extra faith can turn your lack into a lot. Pastor, you got any scripture for that? Just happen to have some. Luke chapter 5, verse 5 through 7. Because you say so. Lord, because you say so, I will let down the nets. And the Bible says when they had done so, what did they do? What he said. 
And when they had done so, they caught so many fish, their nets began to break. So they called their partners in another boat to come help them. And they filled both boats with fish. Hear me this morning. A little extra faith can turn your lack into a lot. A little extra faith can make the difference between nets that are empty and nets that are full. I challenge you, oh, I challenge you in this coming year to dig down deep and find a little extra faith. Oh, oh, live this next year based not on what you see, not on what you feel, not on what makes sense. Instead, choose to live this coming year, amen, based upon what Jesus said. Peter said, Lord, I'm not doing this for any other reason than because you said so. I promise you your life will turn around. I promise you your marriage will be better. I promise you your finances will be better. I promise you your relationships will be better. I promise you you'll have more peace and more joy and more contentment in life. I'm telling you things will turn around in your life if you'll simply do what he said so. What he said do. Somebody here today needs to find a little extra faith. You have thrown your nets a thousand times and they have come up empty every single time. And you have decided to wash your nets. You have decided to fold them and put them away and never use them again. Today, Jesus says, not Pastor Benson, but I believe as I speak under the anointing and the Holy Spirit in a word of prophecy today, and that is somebody here today that has folded their nets and put them away. Today, Jesus says to you, cast your nets one more time time, dig down deep and find just a little extra faith and do it simply, Jesus said, simply because I say so. The difference between success and failure in the coming year could be as simple as being willing to give a little extra. Father, take this word this morning, not my crafted sermon but the parts of it that are truly your word. And let your word sink into the heart of your people. God, let this be the day when we stop merely being hearers of your word and start becoming doers of your word. Let this be the day that we stop thinking, well, I wish so-and-so would be here to hear this today. And we realize, hey, I'm here, and God knew I was here, and this word came, so maybe this word might be for me. Help us, oh God. Help us today. Thank you for 2017. It was an incredible year. Oh, we are so grateful for all that the Grace Place was able to be a part of. Oh, oh, Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, people got saved. Oh, God, I hear reports all the time. People thank, thank you, Pastor, for that word. Oh, oh, I've been doing that, and it's been changing me. God, you're, you're working, Lord. Even though we don't always see it, and we're not aware of it, we've not been told about it, but it, you're working, I thank you for it. God, as we embark on this brand new year, God, I pray that you'll help us. Leave the old year in the past. Go with a fresh slate, a fresh, clean slate. Oh, God, with a fresh determination that I'm going to, I'm going to give a little extra this coming year. Some need to give a whole lot extra. But all of us, we're going to do a little extra because just a little extra can turn into a whole lot in result. 
have your way in this house today. In Jesus' name.